never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead, you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. It's all interpretation. Oh my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. It's hard to find if it's more than a place it's a state of my That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember. It's not a lie. If you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. Welcome into the Mark and Mac Show podcast. In the great state of Alabama, flags flying half-staff today. <laughs> Rick Dildeen, the artistic director of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival in Montgomery, Alabama, for the last six years, is stepping down effective June 30th. He retired. Really? <laughs> this retirement shocked me, Mark. I was just, wow. After six years, you're stepping down from, oh, man. Wow, and you then, got me. You, and then I <laughs> Well, then I saw another, uh, it was a little blurb off to the side about one of the colleges in Alabama, a, a, yeah. a, a coach is stepping down. I, how is that news? <laughs> <laughs> when you've got Rick Dildeen, wow. the guy, has, for six years, Mark, he has done such a job at the, the, yeah. shape, the Alabama Shakespeare Festival is, is phenomenal. It's one of the best in the world. And we have it in Alabama. You know, it's right, really sad. Yeah. It actually it began as an Aniston, Alabama first. Yeah, <laughs> and then it moved to Montgomery. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was the big announcement yesterday. I could not believe that, Mark. That. Wow. Huge retirement I'm, announcement. I'm impressed. Yeah, I really am. I want to know. I want to send me that link. I want that, I want that news link. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll yeah, want to pop that one up there. I do. I, that's got to go in the show notes now. <laughs> All of your friends are going, dude, why didn't you wait a day? You know, people are calling Saban. Dude, you know what you just did? <laughs> you ruined this guy's oh life. God. The only time he has a chance to get any attention and you stole it. Oh, man. That's funny. So Nick Saban, after 17 wow. years, as the, you know, and I've watched for the last couple of years, I've watched him on the sidelines thinking, this man is not happy. You know? <laughs> well, no coach is happy. Yeah. I mean, 17 years. He wasn't around for as long as Bear Bryant was, right? Bear Bryant was like 23 years. Yeah. Uh, no, 25. Wow. 25 wow. seasons, 232 games he won. Um, yeah, but you talking about Bear but, Bryant or Nick Saban? Yeah, Bear Saban Bryant, was there 17 yeah. years? Yeah, 17 years, 201 right. games. Quick yeah. story. Mark and I were doing a, a, wow, it was during this really horrible run. We had signed a deal with a company that was stupid and run by stupid people and everything else. They, The local <laughs> people were idiots. I, I think that above them were pretty decent, I guess. Um, and actually, the people weren't stupid. They just, they were in a rut and didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to fix it. They had really messed up and couldn't fix it because there was this uh, GM who had a friend who was a PD. Um, who was really, really big. It was huge. That's, that's always he, a great, that's a recipe for success there. Yeah. Bring your buddy in <laughs> yes. to program the radio station. That, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but the guy couldn't shave. He I, had such I a big face because of the fat, but did you notice that he couldn't shave? I, he always had blotches of, it's like he shaved half of yeah. his face, cut the other half, you know? Yeah. Well, you couldn't see it in the mirror. He can't turn that <laughs> oh. far. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was at the buffet. I just grabbed a knife. 
I wonder what job is doing today, but yeah, what's he up to? I got a feeling he's probably working for his buddy in Arkansas now. That was the Listen, thing. I'm a, I'm a big guy, but yeah, I got nothing yeah. on that guy. No, I mean, no, nah, he was. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so we were there and they decided, um, you know, and like I said, I, you know what? I think they were, they were really gobsmacked and didn't understand our show or who we were. Mm-mm. We had been hired to do a talk show and yeah. they decided to use us when, when they, as a negotiating ploy without telling us and without paying us. And yeah. anyway, it backfired on them, but it backfired on us because we've been doing the Mark and Mac show had been very successful and they decided, you know what, our, the morning show that is just now leaving us that you're replacing, we're going to put their, his ex-wife on your show. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> we, we like her. She's a wonderful lady, but, um, she's a contrarian and uh-huh. no, we don't need, she wasn't there for our five years of winning. We don't need her yeah. now for this. Uh, but right. I, that, that was lost. It was horrible. Yeah, it was so it was strange. I, Mark and, and, and I never in called their minds, she, In their minds, she was the headliner. I know. You know? That, that was so the crazy funny. thing. Well, it they weren't Christian like, guys. She, That's all she hasn't been, hasn't been on the radio for how long? How yeah, long? Yeah. And she's, you know, and, yeah. and she's the headliner. And we were number three in the market. Yeah. And at one point, I'm just going to say it. I was so pissed off with this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know, I was, I was yeah. endangering our relationship uh, with that, with that company every time we met with the GM. Oh, I really gosh. was. The thing is, dude, I, I couldn't even. I looked I, at him Mark one time. I never and called said, you realize that you realize where a lot of our numbers came from. They came over from your station to listen to us. Yep. And now we're working for you. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. It it was so weird that Mark and I never call out sick. It's, it's one of those jobs that if you, when you respect what you do and we both do, we respect this opportunity we have in broadcasting. You don't call out sick. I mean, you only do it if you really have to, if you're so sick that you're going to damage the product and yeah, it, Mark actually deals with a very serious uh, lifelong sinus problem. I know it's bad, but he rarely, he'll tell me he's having a bad sinus day, but he bad. rarely uses it as a reason to not work. He should, but he doesn't. But anyway, <laughs> there have been a couple of times where I was like, yesterday about, about being at work. I just suck it up and yeah. go forward. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why brain surgery. But anyway, so we've been, we've been around the cattle car many, many times with many, many different people. And, and ultimately, Hey, you know what? If you think you know what you're doing and you're in charge, you're obligated to doing what you believe is right, even if you're wrong. <laughs> there you go. Now, Chris Christie uh, reminds me of the guy that we once worked for who was a big bully that actually he was so huge. Wow. This guy looked like Peter Boyle in Young Frankenstein. Like if they were yeah. going to do a remake, they would have hired this guy. Put it this way. He was scary as it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm one time I remember thinking out loud. I wonder what it was like being him as a kid. And somebody yeah. said, Dave, you don't know. He had a bunch of corrective surgery. He used to be a lot worse. And I'm thinking, wow. are we talking Phantom of the Opera hiding the face thing? I mean, is he going to climb the clock tower? You know, because I was worried. But then I realized he was, he was a big he, guy and he didn't need the shoes. You know, those big, tall yeah. shoes. Yeah. No, he left shoes. Alabama and moved to New Jersey yeah. and became the governor up there is what I'm thinking. <laughs> he looks a lot like, you know, they look alike. Well, you know, first I had this story lined up to to top right. us off this morning. That was Chris Christie bad mouthing Christie, uh, our what's her face from, from you know Nikki I'm, I'm, Nikki, Nikki yeah yeah, yeah and, and and talking about how she's not the person to take Trump down. He was, and he's just he went on and on about how much better about this, this things she, that, um, that he was than she is. 
And then the next, yeah. and then somebody says, "Yeah, by the way, I hear from so and so you're uh, you're dropping out of the race." Ah, that guy's a liar. Wow. And the next thing you know, former New Jersey Governor Chris, uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie announces he w- is suspending his campaign for the White House. Quote, he said in Wyndham, New Hampshire, quote, I've always said that if there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplish that goal, I would get out. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for president of the United States. Translation, they're not giving me any more money to spend. Yep. (laughs) I had no chance of winning. The backers are saying, that's it. You're yep. cut off. <laughs> Usually you hang in there till the caucus. You know, if you're this close, you hang in. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah. you know, Mark, from the very beginning, Chris Christie did something that we we try to teach young people in uh, in the the years after fifth grade. That's when you really start working on young people about how they're going to what they're going to end up being as an adult. And. I'm reminded of a song by Chris Rice. It's so funny. I wasn't really in Christian music and didn't know much about it when you and I got together. I you know, knew some of the bigger names, but that was about it. And Chris Rice uh, was a phenomenal entertainer, musician, writer, and he had written this, this song called The Cartoon Song. Oh, and, yeah. and it was really popular for a long time. But mm-hmm. it, it was, it was kind of like Achy Break Your Heart when you heard it for a long time and you kind of, oh. but there were always new people coming into the fold of Christian radio and they would hear it. And just like I did, I love that because they hadn't yeah. heard it before. And it was, it, so cl- it was clever. Yeah. Yeah. But for those who had been playing it for a long time, it was like, no, let me, let me play the street by Ray Stevens. Okay. I promise. I'll, <laughs> or disco duck or something. I don't care. But now anyway, but Chris Rice, Christmas shoes, just not yes, that again. Right. But we had Chris Rice on our show a couple of years later and um, nice, nice man. Just a good guy. And he had his guitar and, you know, he, he sang for us and he sang a song that a lot of us knew. Um, it was one of those songs that I remember using at youth camp and things like that with, with kids. And I didn't know he wrote it and he sang it on our show and I actually recorded it. It's on one of our best of CDs, but I'm reminded of this song and, and how Chris Rice wrote it for youth about how you guide yourself in it or how you work in life with others. And it, it's, there's a candle in every soul. And he talks about not, you don't have to blow somebody else's candle out, you know, to, mm. to make your, yours is not going to shine any brighter by blowing theirs out. It's a lot better when there's a whole bunch of candles. You can light a room, you can light the world. That's the whole right. point. And in the world of politics, Chris Christie was doing nothing but blowing out candles. Yeah. And when you do that, you don't gain the kind of support you need. You have to tell us a reason to vote for you, not why we shouldn't support them. And he didn't. He con- he just went after Trump. That was all he did from day one. He remember he actually stopped campaigning pretty much and chased Trump around the world with toilet paper. It yeah. was crazy. That's what he said he was going to do. Was he was yeah. he was just going to follow Trump around and challenge him everywhere, and make him answer questions. And even before he made the announcement, um, he. <laughs> He attacked President Trump's uh, Make America Great Again campaign slogan. He said, "Here, this is exactly what he said. He said, the phrase Make America Great Again has always offended me because it implies that America wasn't great. America is great. It was great long before those red hats showed up. Oh, good. Yeah. 
You know yeah, what? I've heard that too. You know. Yeah, I oh sure I have. I heard it. You know, I've heard it from liberal liberal leftists. Yes, that's yeah. who I've heard it from. <laughs> Thank you for revealing, you know, opening your mouth mm-hmm. and re- removing all doubt about where you stood. Uh, he also seemed to take a new position against Republicans, including other Republican presidential candidates who've criticized Joe Biden's immigration policies. <laughs> Quote. We have had Donald Trump and other candidates in this race who say they don't want people coming in uh, to this country if they're not our of our religion. We don't have a religion in America. Our constitution is founded on there being no national religion. Yet we're abandoning abandoning that and continuing to respond positively to the positively to the siren song of someone who would actually say something like that as a candidate for president of the United States. That's only to divide. Now, I would like chapter and verse on that, please. I would like references. I would like video and audio on that actually being said. Because if it was said, it would be said in the same context that you and I say that the, the, the Muslim extremists are coming for one purpose and one purpose right. only. Right. It's not about not having their religion here. It's about not having that purpose here, wow. what they want to do. So he is mischaracterizing that. So what Chris Christie is doing is what all leftists do. They're mischaracterizing their competition. They're lying about them, bald-faced lying about them, either up front or by omission. They're lying about them. And it's sickening, absolutely sickening, And which is why we've been sick about him since the day he decided to get into the race. And we've called him a bully from the very beginning because that's what he is. Uh, that's the part that really bothers me, you know, because I, I think over the, uh, when we were kids, there were bullies. When you watch the little rascals, you know, back in the twenties and thirties, there were bullies. There was Butch the bully or whatever, but bullying has gone to new heights now. And with the internet exposing things and, and sharing these fights and attacks and horrible things people do to one another. And to see a world-class bully like Chris Christie. It bothered me. Yeah. If you know, I used to like Chris Christie uh, because I actually am one of those few people who actually does believe that. I uh, know I used to believe that you could work with Democrats. You know that you that you, but you can't. You can work with people. Mm. But you can't work with a Democrat. You can work with a person who actually puts the country first, but you yeah. cannot work with a Democrat because they don't. They are Democrat first. It's kind of like that the pastor that says, you know what? There are a lot of different denominations, but ours is the only one that's go- you know going to get you into yeah. heaven. Right. And, yeah. uh, in which I've had, I've heard them say that, but anyway, that's who Chris Christie became over the, and I just, uh, I, I don't, don't like him at all now. It's just no. a shame. It's a no. shame because he had tough, he, in New Jersey, he was a liberal, a socially liberal Republican. I'll give him mm-hmm. that, you know, Yeah. but that's all he was other than a yeah. bully. All yeah. right, Mark. So, so he drops out. Now he was, what he was going to say something. He was going to say Nikki, he gave yeah. it was a better choice than Nikki Haley. Right. Yeah, he he, uh, yeah. he was caught on a hot mic, actually, okay. mocking <laughs> petrified Governor Ron DeSantis and former Governor Nikki Haley about their slim chances of defeating former President Donald Trump. The incident may accidentally kneecap DeSantis and Haley as Christie is exiting the race. Right. In the last few days, pressure mounted on Christie to drop out to coalesce support behind Haley. So what they want to do is they want his supporters to go support Nikki Haley. Right. I don't know if they're going to do that. You know, right. um, he was said he, he he was speaking to a guy identified as Wayne. That's really all we have on the guy. And <laughs> he said, we know we're right, but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. We know we're right, but they don't want to hear it. We couldn't have been any clearer. We couldn't have been any more direct or worked any harder 
Uh, he's talking about the failed campaign. He then pointed towards campaign spending to demonstrate how comparatively well his campaign performed over DeSantis and Haley. Quote, she spent $68 million so far just on TV. $59 million by DeSantis. We spent $12 million. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment? What does it tell you about a candidate when this is what's on their mind? The performance per dollar. Yeah. It's, it's their donors. That's what they're thinking about in the money going through their hands. She's going to get smoked, he says, and you and I both know it, and she's not up to this. She's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Uh, and this is what Wayne asked Christie. He said, yeah, oh, yeah. And he's still going to carry on, the other guy says. Oh, yeah, Christie responds. I talked to DeSantis, called me, petrified that I would, uh, Christie said before the mic turned off. DeSantis previously called Christie to say that regardless of his decision to stay or drop out of the race, he appreciated Christie's role in it. Christie was one of Trump's strongest critics throughout the primary, a source confirmed to NBC News. Well, you didn't have to. I mean, all you had to do was just read the news and know that. Christie also criticized Haley on their call, calling her a joke, saying she's performed terribly and she's not up to the task. I, 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 yeah. Oh, well. I, yeah. You know, it's funny how... No, nothing. It, I was going to say, it's funny how he's kind of copied the idea of Trump being in your face, you know, uh, mm -hmm. but there's a way to, be, I, he just, he's a bully. That's all. Yeah, he's he just is. a bully. I'm tired of he it. He really is. I'm, him, I guess it's just, I, all I could think of is <clears throat> you were a governor. Didn't he accept a post under Trump, the Trump administration, like so many other people did that ended up bashing him? I think he did. Yeah. I know that uh, a lot of people, um, got involved. I, Look, I don't know Donald Trump. Mark, I've never met the man that I'm aware of. Me either, no. And I know um, things that he's done that I'm aware of, That, but I wasn't there. I don't know all the inner workings of his empire. I don't know, and I personally don't care. I mm. just want to know what is it, what's his vision for the United States of America and our position in the world and our responsibilities in the world. Yeah. And if it, that's all I care about, nobody else seems to care about that on Capitol Hill. They only yeah. care about their party and that they don't like this guy because he hurt their feelings. He hurt their feelings on the most part because he stood up to these idiots. I mean, mm -hmm. when you, you and I've said it, it's tough to stand up to people, to a woman. Okay. In this world, if you stand up to Rosie O'Donnell as Donald Trump does, and I just use her as the example because they actually went through a huge, you know, battle and oh, I guess yeah, they still yeah. do, but I know that for a number of years, and it goes back to him, her claiming he filed for bankruptcy. Well, Donald Trump has never personally filed for bankruptcy. He's bankrupted uh, a few companies, you know, to revamp uh, financing and things like that. Four. He's had 200 something, 200 something companies he's bankrupted in business four times. Yeah. But he four. didn't. And, and, he, and I will tell you, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, there are a number of companies there that really got hammered when, you know, when Trump's luck changed and mm -hmm. some buildings didn't finish. And, you know, that happens. Sorry. Yeah. You know, you're a contractor. You do business the way you want to do it. And if you sign on the dotted line that you're going to get paid after it's done, mm. fine. Yeah. You run the risk of, of, a, yeah. of it not being, I hate it for you. I really do. Um, yeah. But bottom line, always the bottom line. I don't know him. And I've seen what his vision for the U.S. is. And I don't dislike it. I mean, I no. don't know everything, Mark. I mean, we yeah. know pretty much what we're told. I mean, yeah. I know that and a lot of people don't like the way he deals with people. Yeah. And we've watched him, speaking of dealing with people, we've watched him deal with other, with foreign leaders. Oh, and, yeah. 
and standing his ground and not taking, not following mm-hmm. the line of BS that all of yeah. the leftists in power around the world are following. Right. And, you know, there's a classic picture of him with all those European leaders with them all standing up, looking down at him and he's sitting back with his arms crossed. Yep. Right. Yep. He <laughs> staged it. Hey, that's, that's a, that's a classic picture. That's a classic yep. illustration of how he was with the rest of the world. Yeah. And he would step up with a big stick and say, this is how things are going to be. Mm-hmm. And they'd all, ah! they'd all go crazy. They'd all scream and yell and, and they'd all pitch a fit, but then that's how it was. And because of that display of strength, nobody liked him. He was right. the bully. They were calling him the bully. He wasn't actually right. the bully. He was just saying, no, that's not how things actually work. Yeah. And we're here. <laughs> he actually told him, hey, you want to pay us back for World War II? We'll think about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept your repayment. That's right. <laughs> wow. Bless his heart. Yeah. But I agree with you. I'm, I agree with you. I don't see anybody in the race right now who isn't just a politician first. And they're saying what needs to be said to make their constituents happy or their, their supporters happy, their contributors, their donors. And they're, they have people writing the words they say based on group testing. This is going to play well with the crowd. So say this, use this phrase when you're talking about that. And instead of being honest, if you watch Trump speak, actually it's kind of hard to watch him talk because he doesn't speak like a politician he doesn't go to the warm, fuzzy areas and make you feel good about things. He just gets up there and extemporates. A lot of a lot of hyperbole, you know? Yeah, a lot of hyperbole. And there's just, usually not meat. Yeah, there's not. But he's not doing what the other people are doing, which is yeah. all stagecrafted. From a marketing standpoint, he does a good job. Just give him yeah. a liner, you know? And, and to be honest with you, that's what wins um, when you're trying to position yourself and say things that people can remember. You They have to feel good about you and, and themselves and the and. But look, if you're in a bad situation right now and you believe this leader is going to make things better, you know, for you and others, even if it doesn't directly impact your particular situation, that'll make you feel better because every, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to see people do well. I mean, I know they exist, but it ain't yeah. me. I, I, well, I see if like, I see a neighbor driving a brand new car. I don't think, look at them showing off. Well, how did they mm-hmm. do that? I look at yeah. it like, Hey, good for them. I, I, that looks, I, I might ought to look at that. That's a very leftist point of view, by the way. What's that? That oh, that guy's doing better. Oh, he I must know. be doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, hear it all the time. They're getting rich off the backs of their employees. That's what they're hear doing. Hear it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hear it all the time. I hear people yep. say that. And I'm like, especially at church. Really? Do you really? Are you? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I sat next to you. I knew the stench was coming from somewhere. I didn't think it was me. <laughs> There's a thing that's been going around the web for a while on social media about the guy at the gas station pulling up to fill up his Corvette. And some other guy says, she, the money you spent on that Corvette could have fed a lot of people. And, and the guy says, well, yeah, well, it paid the salary of the guy who did this. It paid the salary of the guy who did that. It paid the salary. You know, he lists all, all, all the people who contribute in designing and building the Corvette. Yeah, it fed all of them, you know. <laughs> but there are always those people, that guy at the gas pump, who are always going to whine about things because they've bought into the lie that somebody else is benefiting off of the backs of other people. And they've been lied to. They've been told that's what uh, capitalism is. No, capitalism is an agreement. I need something. You have something. Let's make this work out. That's what capital is. Capitalism really is. What you see as examples of capitalism is not capitalism. It's crony capitalism. It's, it's, it's illegal. 
it's it's wrongdoing but they use those examples to condemn the system that works because they don't want it to work they want another system in place which is what we talked about yesterday so they have to destroy the current system in order to put their system in place Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I hear stuff like that and I th- I wish I had played a guitar, you know? <laughs> didn't have any rhythm. And no rhythm. <laughs> can't dance. You know, yeah. That's why I was a DJ. If you yeah. can't dance and you're kind of goofy looking, yeah, be the DJ. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to get any kind of attention from the ladies. If you're, you know, a goofy ninth grader, yeah, you better learn <laughs> to play music. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, remix is another trap remix is the thing. I guess that's not a new thing now, but I listen to uh, some of these people that are called DJs. And DJs today are different than when, when I was a DJ. Oh, know, yeah. Doing club stuff. Uh, but back then, we were doing remixes and things like that in clubs. Uh, what they're doing now are they're pre-producing on computers and things like that and and it's yeah. really it's really interesting what you can look at you know on on a in an audio editing situation of you're watching the baseline and you can change this and change that with the computer and it's amazing what you can do mm. but back in the day <laughs> we used a direct drive turntable not a belt drive but a direct drive turntable <laughs> and a couple of copies of the same song on extended yeah. play and you would remix that as you were doing it live in front right. of People on the dance floor, and by the way, mm. if you try to mix from 120 beats per minute to, you know, 140, you better know how to mix. <laughs> Speeding yeah. up, slowing down by percentages, and you better walk it up fast. But that's what <laughs> yeah. DJs used to do to keep the dance floor yeah. packed. But yeah. now it's making your own music out of other people's music, which is interesting. It's, you know, kind of like it's a mod that came out of uh, the gaming world, I think, where mm. people who created games for computers in particular some allowed them as open source so that people could go in. If you buy this game, you can go in and create your own characters. And that, it, back in the 90s, that's what happened. Mm. I saw a documentary about uh, gaming, the history yeah. of gaming. So I yeah. thought I'd throw in some gaming history there for you. Don't know now what Doom uh, is, but I know it was a really interesting game for a while. Uh, there's <laughs> a guy, there's a DJ named Z, he goes by the name of Z Trip. Uh-huh. You, should, you should watch some of his stuff. It's... Yeah. <laughs> he's he's very interesting i mean his his uh his work product i should say is pretty interesting what he what he actually does you're right there's a lot of stuff a lot of pre-production that goes on yeah but then but then the the really good ones are still doing that where they they take their source material and they blend it all together in front of a crowd you know and that and that's cool that whole techno electric dance that i mean that got no problem with. i think it's awesome yeah i will tell you one of the things that i love there is a 
you know, whenever the world of politics and government does this to us, where we're just going or spinning around in one spot, you start looking for other things to entertain you, you know? Yeah. We yeah. watched it happen in the 70s and the 80s. Think about what TV shows became popular in the 70s and 80s based on coming out of the Nixon Ford era into four years of Jimmy Carter Oy. and then Reaganomics. I mean, Dallas and shows like that became big. Love Boat, Fantasy Island. Those are the mm -hmm. big shows during Carter's years because people were like, the reality that we live in right now stinks. We had a president blaming us for the oil embargo. You know, it was like, yeah. oh, dude, really? I'm supposed to do what at my house? You want me to? People don't realize that Jimmy Carter told you how to set your thermostat in your house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I remember yeah. that. That and was then, crazy. It well, wasn't. It's, it's not the that reason I point now. that out is I know that's what I'm saying is that yeah. these things are not new. And back then on TV, we were watching, you know, we had three channels and you had your choices of Love Boat, Fantasy Island, and whatever. And, and if you, know, you were the kid, you were the remote control. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there's a, there are remixes now. And I think that's why some people are kind of into it. It's just getting away. It's, here's the world over here. And here's something that I actually enjoy. You know, it's a remix of this really cool song. And oh, what I hate. I don't know who did the original, but I really like the remix. Hate that because oftentimes it's a somebody who's actually like okay, Elvis, a little less conversation. Yeah. The uh, the uh, Junkie XL remix. If you yes. if you really want to have some fun with it, look up the video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It is um awesome. I guess is the best way to put it. I like the way they remix the audio, but the video is uh, that goes along with it is just pretty amazing to me. Uh, the way that it, it just, I, I was not an Elvis fan until I saw the documentary Elvis 56. And yeah. then after, as, as an entertainer, and so here's the beginning of that. This is the remix part. Yeah. <laughs> I just give you an idea. And it's just all these different styles of dancing. All these different cultures melding together under one song. It's a unification trip when you actually look at it. It's really, mm. it's awesome. I'm glad you found it. I, I was over here scanning through all my stuff while you were talking. <laughs> I've got that somewhere. I've got it somewhere. I've got oh. it somewhere. And then you pulled it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love it because um, in, if you watch the video, it shows the different styles of dance. And it's one of yeah. these things that I, I tend to look at it. In our country, we have we got choices for how we're going to act and react. And we can look for things that bring us together or we can look for ways to tear us apart. I tend to believe that there's good in everybody. I'm probably wrong, but I do tend to think that. And I think for the most part, people are nice. I think for the most part, people just want to live, you know, just leave me alone. I'll pay my taxes fine, but just stop being so stupid with my money. But the yeah. problem is if 65 or 70% of us feel that way, take the other 30% and you've got the crazy wackos who want to control the world, the crazy wackos who don't want to do anything The create, you know, you've got the crazy religious wackos who, you know, want mm. to, you know, want to climb aboard the starship dough and, you know, go to the moon and beyond. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> they all wear, all wear purple sneakers. Yeah. Yes. And shave the same way. It's just mm. that that's the world we live in. So even though you and I and the rest of us just want to go along and get along, you find out early on that you can't negotiate with some people. You just no. can't. They won't negotiate. No. They will stand there and fight you, and they don't care. They don't right. care if your house is on fire and you've got dying family. You're going to stand here and argue with me until you agree with me. And, mm -hmm. and by the way, it's not enough to say, I don't care about your sexuality. I don't care. That's not enough. Yeah. You have to endorse yeah. it. No, yeah. not only is it okay. I, you know what? I, 
I wish I would. <laughs> I wish I could have <laughs> surgery and be something else. You know, the only thing I'd want to be is Iron Man, Mark, and I don't have to cut anything off for that. That's just a suit. So I think if That's you can, money. if you can change your gender and claim you're something else, then I, by golly, I should. If the government's going to back that up, the government ought to back up my desire to become Iron Man. I believe I'm Iron Man. I identify with Iron Man. And the only thing, the difference between me and him, I'm real and he's not. That's the only difference, Mark. That's the only thing. So <laughs> make it so, you know, make it so. I, I want to have the suit. I want to fly. Yeah. I want to have yeah. a, I want to have a gun and a bomb at the same time in my suit. And I want to, mm. I want to have a computer that talks to me. And, and that agrees with me all the time. It gives me wonderful answers and analyzes everything from how to pick a lock to how to blow up a car from a mile away. I want, why don't we have that? Oh, we do. It's the government that has it. <laughs> well, that's what AI is all about. Before long, no. before no. long, AI is going to be telling you, you shouldn't have taken that left. You should have gone this other way. Oh. Well, why didn't you tell me beforehand? Hey. Never take the left. Never <laughs> take the left. <laughs> oh, my. So scary. So yeah. scary. Yeah. It's, All right, Mark, you people, said I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, you said the thing about 56% of voters oh, yeah. uh, predicting Trump will win. Mm -hmm. Do you think that? Yeah. I was just kind of curious. Just, I, I got to be honest with you. you polling, polling is, um, what was it uh, Rush Limbaugh said? Polling doesn't reveal public opinion. It's intended to shape public opinion. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of polling. And so you have to be careful when you're looking at polls. But the polls, as they stand right now, say that a majority of registered voters are are predicting former President Donald Trump will win back the White House, regardless of who he has as a Democrat opponent, yeah. if he wins the Republican nomination. That is according to an economist, YouGov poll. Now, I don't trust YouGov as far as I could spit them, <laughs> but <laughs> the economist, I'm not sure. At any rate, like I said about polls, eh, you take them with a heavy yeah. grain of salt. The poll published Tuesday finds that 56% of registered voters think Trump will either likely or certainly win back the White House if he's the GOP nominee, with 30% of all registered voters predicting he would definitely win. Conversely, only 29% think Trump would lose to a Democrat in a hypothetical general election match matchup, including 16% who think he would probably lose and 13% who think he definitely would lose. Another 15% are man, not sure about how he would fare. On the other hand, only 28% to varying degrees think former Governor Nikki Haley would beat any Democrat nominee, while a plurality of 45% predict she would lose. Similarly, a plurality of 43% think a Democrat would best uh, Ron DeSantis versus 36% uh, who think it's likely he would win. Regarding anti-woke businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, just 19% believe he would definitely or probably best a Democrat, while 54% think it's more likely he would lose. I don't think these numbers reflect anything different than you or I see the situation yeah. as being, but I think this is pretty accurate. 44% um, predicted Trump, while, let's see, wait a minute. When voters were presented with the question of who they think would win in a matchup between Biden and Trump, a plurality of 44% predicted Trump, 39% predicted Biden. In other words, voters think a race between Biden and Trump would be tighter than a contest between Trump and a generic Democrat. Interestingly, when voters were asked to choose who they would vote for in an election between Trump and Biden, the candidates tied at 43 percent. Another 6 percent would support someone else. 5 percent are undecided. 3 percent would not participate in the election, at least that they know of. They would probably end up voting and not know they did. 
um, especially in Georgia. Uh, Trump leads uh, Biden among independents at 42 percent to 33 percent. Biden has the advantage in both black voters, uh, uh, 73 percent to 15 percent and Hispanics, 46 percent to 37 percent. By the way, those numbers are falling for Biden. Uh, his his popularity with the it looks like it looks like uh, the last I heard, and I think it was yesterday, Trump is going to carry about 25 percent of the black vote, which is in unheard of. It's never been done by a Republican before. The poll also gauged the temperature of the Republican primary at the national level as the Iowa caucuses are less than a week away. Trump dominates the field as he has for months with 65 percent of support among Republicans and independents who lean to the right. Haley's 53 points behind Trump in second place. That's a pretty distant second place, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. a distant second. You think? <laughs> Barely eclipsing double digits with 12%. DeSantis is on her heels with 10%, followed by Ramaswamy at 5%. And, of course, Governor Chris Christie, who just dropped out at 1%. Uh, the poll includes samples from uh, a little over 1,400 registered u- uh, voters and the margin of errors plus or minus 2%, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Bottom line. And my question was, is for you, do you believe, and I'm just curious, your opinion, do you think Donald Trump will be allowed on the ballot on election day? Do you think he will be able to be president when the, when we have the vote that day? I, uh, yes, I don't see how they can keep him off the, off the ballot. They're trying in yeah. States. I know. The, the path they're trying to take now is the States. I think right. they realize the federal government can't stop him. No, federal government doesn't control elections. It's done by the state. Every state state. has different rules and regulations, and there are little nuances to it. But, yeah, it's a state issue. Mm. And these states are all being challenged in court, and they're all falling because he has not been not only not been convicted of an insurrection, he hasn't even been charged. In fact, they tried him. A grand Mm. jury would not convict him. Right. No, they would not indict him. They would not indict him. Right. Right. Even though uh, Fannie Willis in Georgia decided, Mm -hmm. yeah, screw them. We're going ahead with it. Right. Happens. So let's ignore the legal process and right. just go ahead and, and go, go very after Very corrupt it. system, but a there you go. Very corrupt. But yeah. the thing is that it's not, it's a state decision, but those decisions all want, end up going through the legal system, the court system, and wind up at the Supreme Court. And the Supreme right. Court looks at the Constitution and says, you can't do that. So, <laughs> yeah. sorry, nice try, but you can't right. do that. So, yeah, yeah I, he's going to be on the ballot. It's not going to okay. be. Thing. I, he just is in every in every one. And even even the states where they've tried to to pull him. I think the first one tried to pull him, and in the in the fine print it said you can't even write him in. That's mm. what they actually right. said. That. Imagine that you can write a pet rock in mm-hmm. for president, but they yeah. weren't going to let you write Donald Trump in. Now, what is that besides just one? It's hate, and two, that's disenfranchising fifty percent, at least fifty percent of the population. Yeah. Is what they're doing. They're telling you who you can and can't vote for. Right. And they can't do that. <laughs> they're trying. They're trying. And that should tell you everything that they're trying to tell you who you can and can't vote for. Guess where that happens? Banana Republics. Look at just, South America. I'm just so disappointed, you know, that we actually, the reason they're emboldened to feel like they can do whatever they want is because of what they did with Obama. Mm-hmm. That, that's why i mean they, they took got away everything with it the first time, yeah yeah it's like they not only got away with they got everything they they basically ran a guy who was not eligible and yeah. it was proved that he wasn't eligible and yeah. had a fake family they did all of this and it's like i mean really mark if you if you 
believe as I do, you're looking at this entirely fictional thing they created and got him and put him in the White House and mm-hmm. eight years of, of him. And I, I'm just thinking of the movie Dave, you know, where they had the guy who looked like and it was a Clinton kind of mm-hmm. thing, but he looks like the president. So, hey, president has a stroke. Yeah. We'll put this guy in there. I'm not kidding. We're really close to a lot of this garbage happening, mm-hmm. which goes back to why I believe the media is going to. The media needs to wake up and do its job. I believe some of it will happen. There usually is a backlash. You know, you stretch your rubber band far enough and eventually it snaps or you say, I don't want it to snap. I don't want to have that pain. I, 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 I'll back up, you know, right. and yeah. you have the older brother that says, let me just grab it in the middle and I'm going to hold it. So it doesn't pop my little brother. I don't want you to get hurt. Right. Yeah. And I think we're at that point. We're at the point where the rubber band is stretched and we, the people are saying enough, we're going to go ahead and grab it now. And you're going to have to let go and go back in your corner and figure this out because mm-hmm. we're not playing your game anymore. You yeah. know, you have this with teenage children. A lot of the time, you, you know, you stand there with them. You go, yeah, you're not in charge. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're living under my roof. You're not old enough to drive. You don't get to tell me what to do. But mm-hmm. you know, of course that does happen in households all over America. Yeah, it does. 40 year old yeah. children still living at home in their basement with mom and dad and expect mom and dad to pay for everything, including their child support. I'm tired of it, Mark. I tell you, I'm tired of it, son. (laughs) Well, this is why we have alternate sources of information that have come up over the last couple of decades. Uh, We have places like Breitbart.com. That's one place that I will go to. I'll I'll go look at the regular news sources. And this is this is an everyday thing for me. I will go look at the regular news sources. And usually within about a minute or two, I'll go. This is uh, there's nothing workable here, and you you can't trust anything. Even on Fox News, you can't. You really can't trust much of what you see on Fox News nowadays. You know what, Mark? Just very quickly, what really disappointed me and surprised me is because I was kind of out of the loop or whatever when Drudge Report got sold. Uh, Well, everybody was. They didn't tell anybody. No, and Matt Drudge allowed that. I know it was part of the deal. I it had to have been, but after years of going to drudge and you know seeing all these just you saw it's here's the links you know and mm-hmm. it was it was great it was a really cool thing to be able to do and granted matt drudge did kind of lean to the right but only because the left is so horrible it's like i think he was maybe a centrist it's just that it, the left is so bad that it if you're a center person you're you know mm-hmm. anyway but he had a really good thing going and I felt like he was dishonest by not announcing I'm selling Drudge. Not that he owes us an explanation, but I thought he owed us an explanation. Yeah. Would have been nice. Yeah. 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 Would have been nice to Because know. I got trapped. I, I, I was like the frog in the water, you know. I would go there and I think, well, that was odd. And yeah. I'd go again. And that's, I just noticed that I was going to it less and less. Me too. And then one yeah. day I realized I, went, I hadn't been on there in a week. And then I went and went, hey, something is really wrong here. Yeah. I mean, this is, I felt dirty. Like yeah. I had been, your in- trusted sources weren't being linked anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, so, and that's the thing is we, we, we tend to, we tend to have trusted sources and we go back to those trusted sources for some of us. It's because it, it confirms our, well, our biases. Yeah. Right. Know. Well, that's the uh, thing, Mark. We have a limited amount of time. We're going to go to that, yeah. which we agree with. We're not going to go somewhere right. yeah. that just annoys us. Right. Yeah. Hey, so you go quickly, to you go to the Drudge Report, and yeah, like all of a sudden one day it's like, wait a minute, why is this? Why is this particular source here? Yeah. 
And hey, what I, happened I gotta, to this one? There's one thing I wanted to tell you, and it, yeah. it has me scared. When Grover Cleveland was president of the United States for four years in the late 1880s, uh, he was there mid to late 80s, okay? And he got married uh, to a uh, the youngest first lady that we've ever had. Uh, Grover Cleveland married a 21-year-old woman when he was wow. in the White House, when he was president. He was a bachelor and got married after he was in the White House. Think about that. Think about Mary. I mean, dude was not young, okay? He was uh, 50, give or take, and his bride was 21. Wow, I have a feeling they were behind closed doors meetings. Sir, we've got a girl for you. You're going to have to marry her. You know People what, are though? talking. <laughs> they loved her. The country yeah. fell in love with Francis Folsom. Hmm. The only reason I remember that is because Folsom Prison, you know? The oh, only I reason I remember, yeah, because, uh, and the reason I remember Grover Cleveland is a baseball thing. Grover Cleveland Alexander was a pitcher. Ah. Anyway, they, yeah. As opposed to but, the Muppet on the on Sesame Street. Okay. Really? Gotcha. Oh, Grover. Ah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the reason he had to marry, I think. People thought, ah, puppet. Sock puppet, huh? Anyway, so Grover <laughs> Cleveland was president, and uh, he lost uh, in his re-election bid, served four years, uh, lost to Benjamin Harrison. If I'm not mistaken, Harrison was the first father, son, grandfather, uh, son. You know, he had, he had a relative who was, his grandpa was president. Anyway. Benjamin Harrison serves for four years and Grover Cleveland gets a nomination again and runs and wins. So he did serve two four-year terms. They were not consecutive. His second four-year term did not do well. Mm. You're at the end of your political career when you're the president, you owe favors. And I, oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm the, when you said that the first time I, I didn't really pay attention to it ever since then, I've been looking for things and I'm going, Oh, wait a minute. It makes such good sense when you said they owe favors, they mm-hmm. owe people, they have yeah. to. That's why, that's why they can't retire. 80, 80 year old people still yep. in Congress. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I thought it was fascinating. But I, again, history repeating itself when you look at a president. And granted, Grover Cleveland was a Democrat uh, back in the day. And I don't know what kind of guy he was. I mean, I'm sure they taught us this, but I guess I was absent that day, Mark, or they didn't I, have cliff notes, so I didn't know. I don't remember it. I really don't. Uh, they teach you. They t- taught us a whole lot more than they teach kids today. Oh, so, boy, isn't that sad? Yeah. But anyway, sad? if you really want to go look, it has been done before. And uh, Grover Cleveland was the guy, you know, who mm. actually was president for four years, lost the reelection bid. And then uh, but it was Benjamin Harrison uh, that actually when he was in the White House, they had electrical lights installed, you know, this li- switches. Yeah. So you turn the lights on uh, right. as a, and they still had the the uh, gas. gas stuff yeah. with and uh, they stood those lights all throughout the place. He and his wife were afraid. Benjamin Harrison and his wife were afraid to touch. Afraid they were going to get shocked uh, by huh? turning the electrical thing on because yeah, of yeah. how Edison had told people about you know alternating current's going to kill people, and the yeah. Harrisons believed that, so they would not turn the lights on. They used the if they had to turn it on, they used the gas. Wow, lit it themselves. Wow, <laughs> that's a whole other tangent to go off on too. Is the the difference between AC and DC and oh. the and the that whole fight that went on there and why we have AC in our houses today. But that's a, that's another we'll story. Do that as another a one-off. We yeah. will. We'll do that as a one-off. All right. <laughs> Y'all have a great day. Go yeah. study your history. And remember, mm-hmm. Chris Christie's a bully, but get to the donut shop before him. <laughs> we never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.